good and locked on Anaheim Ducks hockey. Well, that was a fun night at the Ponda, wasn't it? Join me on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, everyone. Here comes the sunny doo-doo-doo-doo. Are we really doing this? All right. Well, get ready, folks. We're going to have a bunch of nice little puns from yesterday's hero of the game, the first star of the game at the Ponda, Sonny Milano. But before we get into all that, I want to remind you that you can hear this podcast or any of the previous shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, make sure to follow us at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. And once again, this is Locked On Anaheim Ducks, your daily source for Anaheim Ducks news, notes, game recaps, all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, it was that kind of a fun game. I'm recording this just after the game on Tuesday night. You'll be hearing this on Wednesday morning. Yeah, it was one of the more fun games of the season. I have to admit that. I didn't expect the Ducks to beat the Edmonton Oilers. They're good. They're very good. The Ducks just made a bunch of moves. Although, I will point out that I did say that the Sunny Milano trade from Columbus was a very good trade. In fact, I gave that trade a marking of an A. I call that an A trade. I'm going to bump that up. I'm going to say it's an A-plus trade because right away, it is paying off dividends. Yeah, the Ducks went into the Ponda playing the Edmonton Oilers, who were second place in the division. Not so much anymore. We'll kick it off in the first period where Sonny Milano pretty much stole a puck and just scored it right on his own to give the Ducks a 1-0 lead early on in the game. Already the crowd's going nuts. You know, the horn's blaring. Sonny Milano gets his first goal as an Anaheim Duck. And right away you could hear the melodious tones of Gil Ember on the organ playing I've got you, babe. So already, it's off to a sunny start. And then Nick Delorier, a few minutes later, scores only his fourth goal of the season. See, he can do more than fight. He can score goals for you. And Nick Delorier did just that. Second period, Edmonton beginning to come back a little bit. Tyler Ennis would cut the lead in half, his 15th of the season, to make it 2-1. to one. That was McDavid's 54th assist of the season. Good God, 54 assists. Oh, wait, but he wasn't done yet. Third period, Edmonton had their power play going, and I just have to say, that was not the best of penalties by Denton Heinen. Uh, he high-sticked Riley Sheehan, and immediately, immediately, Edmonton was controlling the puck every which way. Uh, John Gibson stood on top of his head during that power play, but not long enough because Leon Dreisaitl would slap one in his 37th of the season. He had a fairly wide open net after some great passing. You know, McDavid passed it right to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who dished it right to Leon Dreisaitl, had a pretty open net to make it a 2-2 two to -two game. And at this point... You could hear all the Edmonton Oilers fans cheering, and there were a lot of them. In fact, there were a lot of fans from Canada at the Ponda on Tuesday night. It was probably outnumbering the Ducks fans, I would say, but it was still all in good fun, right? 
Then, with about seven and a half minutes left, Rico Suave. Adam Henrique would poke one in, his 24th of the season. Henrique is now tied with the team lead in points with 38, as Anaheim went ahead 3-2. to two. Only two and a half minutes later, Andres Athanasio, I cannot pronounce his name worth anything, so I will leave it up to the guys from Locked on Sharks. They know how to pronounce his name. I don't, but he tied things up at three goals apiece. And by the way, McDavid, that was yet another assist for him. McDavid has three assists on the night, his 56th assist of the season. And speaking of Connor McDavid, that guy is amazing to watch in person. There were a couple of instances where everybody in the crowd thought that McDavid was going to score. There was a breakaway where he was completely stonewalled by John Gibson. There was another play where McDavid kind of went off to the side, kind of toe-dragged a little bit, maybe held onto the puck slightly too long because it was blocked right after that. So McDavid was looking for his shots. They just were not going through. So after the three periods ended, it went into overtime. And this is where I get to really talk about Sonny Milano's game. Sonny Milano played some of the best hockey I've seen probably from him all season long. Although, Southern California fans have seen this from him before. As I mentioned, my little story about Sonny Milano, he torched the rain four years ago in the Calder Cup playoffs. And Milano was part of that team with the Lake Erie Monsters where they went on to win the Calder Cup. And having that experience did help him. So I've seen Milano do plays like this, where he kind of gets into the dirty areas of the ice, gets right behind the goal, tries to poke it away, and he uses his body to gain control of the puck. And what happened right after that, about a minute into overtime, Sonny Milano had the puck behind the net, you know, tried to trap it a little bit, and then tried to use his body to move the puck forward. And just as he had a little bit of daylight, he skated forward and he drew a very, very smart penalty on Connor McDavid. Look, he knew who was guarding him. He knew that McDavid was right there. So he knew if he could just body up a little bit and get a little bit of speed past him, maybe he can either find an open pass or make some kind of play. And the play he made was drawing a penalty on one of the best players on the planet. So Connor McDavid goes into the penalty box in overtime. And yes, this one was kind of an obvious penalty. McDavid got called for tripping. And by the way, Sonny Milano drew a couple of key, key penalties late in the game. He drew a holding penalty against Caleb Jones in the third period and drawing that Connor McDavid. Oh boy. Ducks fans knew exactly what was going on there. Smart play. So what happens? Coach Dallas Eakins calls a timeout right after the penalty is called. So it was a smart timeout. The Ducks would go four on three. And what would happen there? Well, first off, right before that, Connor McDavid drove in hard, hard to the net. And everybody thought that that was going to be a sure goal. But he was stopped by Gibson once again. So, in the power play, Sonny Milano would score the game-winning goal. Ryan Getzloff would go in deep, pass it off to a 
fairly open Henrique, who then passed it off to Ed more. Well, he didn't really pass it off. Henrique kind of went right towards the net and a slight, maybe, I guess you can call it a pass. I don't know what to call that, but Henrique was trying to go towards the net, trying to make something happen, passed it right towards the center of the goal crease. And right there was Sonny Milano to tip in the puck. Yeah, it was that kind of play, but that would be the game winner. Milano was at the right place at the right time. Anaheim would go on to win the game 4-3 in overtime, and Edmonton would only come away with one point on that game, which means Edmonton is now in third place in the Pacific Division, but it is that close, folks. So yeah, there you go. It was a fun night at the Ponza, and I'll talk more about that after the first intermission. But first, I want to tell you how we can make your business work for you with Locked on Anaheim Ducks. If you've been a listener of this podcast, then congratulations. (laughs) I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Anaheim Ducks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ducks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a locked-on podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with other Anaheim Ducks fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this locked-on podcasts. Local fans love to support local businesses, especially here in Southern California. In sunny Southern California. <laughs> Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com forward slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. And coming up after the first intermission, we'll talk more about last night's game and the contribution from the newcomers. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason, J.D. Hernandez, and... Wait... Are we really doing this joke? Really? All right. Folks, we're going to talk more about last night's game. And there was a lot to go around. There's a lot to talk about. You know, it was a great game by Sonny Milano. So you could say the game was sunny side up without a side of ham, Bis Lindholm. Oh, boy. Mm, Oi. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Hampus Lindholm went out of the game with an upper body injury. We don't know the extent of that injury. I'm sure we'll find out at some point. Something to keep an eye on maybe. But as of right now, Hampus Lindholm has some kind of upper body injury. He did not play the rest of the game. I guess we'll see what happens there, right? Meanwhile, I'm sure you guys are all enjoying this wonderful morning on this very sunny day. Oh boy. Just so you know... The Sunny Milano jokes are probably not going to stop anytime soon because when you have a debut like that 
when you score two goals, you're going to be hearing those puns a lot. First, let's go over some of the statistics. Edmonton did outshoot Anaheim 32-21. to uh, Anaheim did outshoot Edmonton 10-6, to but they also outscored Edmonton in that first period. Then the Oilers turned the Jets on. Sorry, not the Winnipeg Jets. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Wow. My puns are just out of this world today, aren't they? So in the second period, Edmonton outshot Anaheim 10-5 in the second. Then outshot them 13-4 in the third period. Then outshot them in overtime 3-2. And a lot of those shots came from some of their big guns. Dreisaitl, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, they were all over the place. Power play. The Ducks scored a power play goal. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was that amazing power play goal in overtime. That's what got them the win. So the Ducks were 1-4-3 on that power play. Edmonton also 1-4-3 on the power play. Connor McDavid continues his scoring deluge this season. McDavid had three apples for three points, which means on the season... Connor McDavid is just in another world. He has 31 goals and 56 assists for 87 points. That's only second on the team. Leon Dreisaitl got his 37th goal of the season last night, which means he has 37 goals and 62 assists. He has 99 points already this season. He'll get 100 easily. McDavid should get 100 this season. Yeah, these guys are just in a completely different world. And I was talking with Steve Carroll and Dan Wood. And by the way, before I go any further, I just appreciate um, the Ducks announcer, Steve Carroll, taking the time to talk with me for a while after tonight's game. So, Steve, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk about tonight's game. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the stories. I'm just very appreciative. So thank you, Steve. But anyway... We were talking about, you know, how Connor McDavid is on another level. You have guys that are like level 90 players. Think of it this way. If you're video game fans, there's level 80 players, level 90 players. McDavid is like a level 100 player. He is far and above better than most of the National Hockey League with his speed, with his size. The fact that he's that fast and able to control the puck as well as he does is mind-boggling. The fact that McDavid gets in deep right around the crease and can put off such incredible shots, it's amazing to watch him play in person. And I could tell, you know, relatives, I saw Connor McDavid play live and that guy was just amazing. And I'm sure most fans here would agree <laughs> Talking about some of the new guys. Uh, one person that Steve Carroll was very impressed with, and I was also impressed with, was Matt Irwin. Matt Irwin was a man on a mission last night. He was checking players hard. He was getting into the tough spots. After two periods, he had six hits. He ended up with seven hits on the game. Matt Irwin could be a pretty decent addition to the Anaheim Ducks, and right after Hampus Lindholm went out with an injury, players like Irwin very much stepped up. Manson looked much better the rest of the game. Larson looked really good in that third period as far as defense goes. But Matt Irwin, you know, he looked really damn good as far as just 
getting those hits out, laying players out. He did a fantastic job as the newcomer. Christian Juice, he looks pretty decent. He had 16 minutes time on ice. Matt Irwin had 21 minutes time on ice. That's pretty impressive. Uh, some of the other newcomers, Denton Heinen, he got an assist on that game. Heinen got the primary assist on the game. Well, at the time, it would have been the game-winning goal of Adam Henrique, but then it was tied up after that. So Heinen got a very important assist. Andrew Agazino acquired from the Pens. Uh, he was a plus-one rating. He did okay. He only had 10 minutes time on ice. He was on that third, fourth line. Let's see. But the big story, the big, big story, easily Sonny Milano. Uh, Milano is very good with the puck. And I mentioned this on a previous podcast. He is very good offensively. He's very creative. For Milano to create that opportunity for himself by stealing the puck, getting that chance, and getting that shot off, that takes someone with great hands and a great eye for where the net is and where the defense is at all times. Yes, there was a part of me that criticized his defense. And I did say that on the last podcast that, yeah, his defense, you know, is about average. He's not a horrible defender, but he's not also the best defender. He's he's adequate. Tuesday night, he showed that he was more than adequate by stealing the puck maybe 25 feet away from the goal. And right away, he just snapped it in there. So that's where some pretty decent defense comes in. But the creation, the creation of that shot, especially in that first period, and even creating that shot opportunity in overtime, that's the kind of stuff that we can expect to see in Anaheim, especially if Milano decides to re-sign with the Ducks. So again, great trade by the Ducks there. I look forward to seeing Milano the rest of the season. He's a fun player to watch. And the Ducks do need that type of player. They need someone that is not afraid to shoot the puck and is not afraid to take those chances. You know, the Ducks have been accused of overpassing it way too much. Maybe this is just what they need. If the Ducks can re-sign Milano, if they can get Trevor Zegras here in Anaheim, that could be a pretty potent young offense next season. So watch out for that. And that is the one thing the Ducks have been lacking is offense. Before we go into the second intermission, I just want to give a quick shout out really fast. Uh, there was a couple that I met. They were from Minnesota. They were visiting their 17th arena. So, you know, congrats to the couple from Minnesota on making it to 17 NHL arenas. They're trying to get to all 31. I wish them the very best of luck. And speaking of arena visits... A couple of guys just finished a 31 for 31 tour. That is impressive, by the way. Uh, one of the guys, Matt Conger, you know, finishing 31 out of 31. You know, I've done the whole ballpark tour back in the day. I understand how tough that is to visit every ballpark or arena in a given league. To do 31 arenas in just 31 days. Props to you guys for pulling that off. Congrats on the accomplishment there. And finally, one more quick shout out uh, to the NHL for putting on the NHL Black History Month caravan tour. Uh, there was that truck outside Honda Center that you may have seen on the LO underscore Ducks Twitter. The Locked On Ducks Twitter had a couple of pictures 
showing the truck that was outside for Black History Month. It's really cool to check out if you happen to be in downtown LA tomorrow. If you're going to the Kings game tomorrow, the Black History Month van will be outside Staples Center Wednesday night. So definitely check that out. I highly recommend it. Coming up after the second intermission, we're going to have some news and notes around the league, including a Zamboni driver and talking about Ovechkin. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just to go over a couple of odds and ends that have happened in hockey over the past few days. And this story should have been the leading story on the weekend, but it wasn't. On Saturday, Alexander Ovechkin became just the eighth player in the National Hockey League to score 700 career goals. So congrats to him. And to add on top of that, he scored a goal last night as well. So Ovi now has 701 career goals. He is only seven goals away from Mike Gardner, who is also a former Washington Capitol. And here's where he stands. He's only seven behind Mike Gardner, right? After that, he's got some pretty lofty names to catch up to. He's got Phil Esposito, who is at 717. Then Marcel Dion at 731. Brett Hull at 741. Ovi has a chance to pass Mike Gardner this season. He was, he only needs eight to pass him, seven to tie him. He's 16 away from Phil Esposito. I don't know if that's going to happen this season. But next season, I could see him passing Esposito, Marcel Dion, Brett Hull, and even Yarmer Yager, which is at 766 goals. Ovi is a once-in-a-generational type player, One of still one of the best players in the league right now. Honestly, I could see him passing Wayne Gretzky. If he stays healthy the next three seasons, I could see him do it. I honestly could. But the big story over the weekend, and this one is not even close. David Ayers, a 42-year-old Zamboni driver from Toronto, made his NHL debut as the emergency backup goalie. And here's something really cool about this story. Uh, David Ayers, he has done this before. He served as the emergency backup for the Charlotte Checkers against the Toronto Marlies on February 1st. So he's done this against an affiliate of Toronto and did this for an affiliate of the Carolina Hurricanes. How sick is that? Also, this guy received a kidney transplant in 2004. So this guy has been through everything. He's been through a lot. And he showed up very well. After giving up his first two goals against the Toronto Maple Leafs, that guy calmed down immensely and stopped everything, which meant that Carolina got the win 6-3. to And because David Ayers was the goalie on record when the game-winning goal was scored, he would get the win. He becomes the first e-bug in NHL history to get a win. And one of the oldest players, or one of the oldest goalies, to get a win on his debut at 42 years old. I still cannot believe this story. I'll admit, I was glued to my TV as soon as I found out. As soon as I saw on Twitter, this guy is an e-bug. 
And then as soon as I heard he's going in, I'm like, okay, change your channel. Must find the game. Must find the game. Luckily, you know, NHL Network showed the end of the game. And very luckily, you know, parts of it were being played throughout NHL Network and throughout, you know, other means. So it was great to see this story unfolding as the night went on. And to see David Ayers just go in with his Toronto pads and his Marley's mask. Yes, he was wearing a Toronto Marley's goalie mask, blue pads, and a Carolina jersey. I mean, how how does that happen? You know, it's just one of the feel-good stories of the season. He even stopped Austin Matthews. Um, one of the big stories about this was his wife, Sarah Ayers, She's become a Twitter celebrity. She was going nuts on Twitter. Such a great sight to see. But to add to this story, David Ayers made an appearance last night at the Carolina Hurricanes home game. He drove the Zamboni for the Hurricanes last night. And something that I thought was really cool. So Stormbrew, their local beer, donate, donated $1 for every $5 16-ounce Stormbrew beer sold at the game. And that's going to the National Kidney Foundation. Okay, first off, beer is only $5 at an NHL arena. Are you kidding me? We are not used to that in Anaheim. Beer is usually much more expensive than that. And for $1, for 20% of their sales to go towards kidney foundation research, I applaud that. Bravo to that. So overall, such an amazing feel-good story. You know, the Hurricanes celebrated that win like they just won the Stanley Cup. You know, they were throwing water everywhere. They were celebrating him. Yeah, how can you not love this? How can you not? So I wish nothing but the best for the Ayers family. And hopefully this is not the last we hear from him. With that, I want to say thank you all for listening so much. You can hear this and any of the previous shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, be sure to check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. The Ducks play next on Friday night. And tomorrow is Thursday. It will be a Locked On Goals episode. And if you haven't heard previously in the week, uh, Tuesday and Monday, I break down further the trades that just happened. And if you haven't heard already, Monday's episode was Hockey Jeopardy. And money donated is going to a very, very good cause. So I invite you to check out that episode. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great hump day. I'll see you at the arena. And hey, Anaheim, Ducks, fly together. Fly together.